Are there any animals that you really want to see? In that song? In that song. In the song Man Gave Named All the Animals mm-hmm. by Bob Dylan? I would like to see orangutan, zebra, uh, water buffalo. Okay. These all seem like it's going to happen. Lemur, <laughs> ibex, taper. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty stoked about it. You know what else I got? No. Mixed up! <laughs> That's the sound of Bob Dylan falling off a cliff. Man, and it's a killing me. There's just too many people. And they're all too hard to please. I want to, th- I want to listen to that song. Because it's funny. Yeah. Man, and it's... Yeah, that's great. All right, Kelly. We are here today. Uh, this is Mixed Up Confusion. Last week, we really didn't have anything. We talked about Queen of the Damned a soundtrack. Because we, we basically, Woogie Boogie was our mixed up. But you know what? The confines are free. We are free. From Bob Dylan's shackles, although we're about to put him back on willingly and learn about animals next week. But for right now, we're free. We're running around, having a good time. We're here today to talk about multiple things, our recommendations from last week, how we're doing this week, and and our playlist from last week that we created for Clothesline Saga. So we're going to get into all of those. Uh, Kelly, it's Thursday. How How's it going? How are you feeling this week? We're listening to Man Gave Names to All the Animals. Trying to sing it just like he does. Man gave names to, to all the animals. animals. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's going to be a weird week. I think I'll call it a cow. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a super weird week. I mean, it already has been one. Okay, so let's uh, let's reverse course here. Um, as you're listening to this, you can, you can go and listen to our uh, Man Gave Names to All the Animals playlist at SOTWpod.com. All the usual suspects there. I'm going to tweet it out as well if you're on Twitter. And if you go to Spotify, you can also search, uh, see that my playlist is kept clean. We are going to be purging that at the end of this episode. So by the time you are listening to this episode, you will be able to see that um, Man Gave Names to All the Animals are the songs on the playlist there and not Clothesline Saga. Okay. So before we do that, let's talk about Clothesline Saga. So Kelly, what were, do you want to start with the playlist or do you want to? Sure, that's fine. All right, so let's start off with the playlist. Now, I did a snapshot of everything. So if you noticed, uh, going through everything, I basically went, I went close, line, then saga, and I just repeated that on through. All right, so in the close category, and again, we break them down, but in close, we uh, started off, you added Chaos in Close by Jason Isbell in the 400, 400 year. You know who that person is, right? You've mentioned I recommended per- The Nashville oh, yeah, Sound a couple, of, uh, a couple of songs ago. But that's a beautiful song. I yeah. really really love that song on the record so that was a that was a great choice i have to say uh accident nice i would have picked it anyway a song near and dear to your heart a band near and dear to your heart comfortable close by joyce manor yeah i don't know about them i thought they were an australian band daniel has an affinity for australian bands so i thought it was going to win twofold one i discovered an australian band that daniel has no idea about and two there was only the one thing. I kind of said two things in the one thing. But turns out they're from California, and Daniel totally already knows all about them. Yeah, so, they're fantastic. Cool. Good stuff. Chris Manor. Good, good, 
Good try. Good try. <laughs> All right. And then a great song that I actually really enjoyed and kind of dug into a little bit, but uh, Same Clothes as Yesterday by Gold Link. That was good. That was really good. Yeah, I guess his, his debut album just came out in March at what cost. Yeah, I noticed that because um, I like the track a lot. That's why I put it on there. Yeah. Um, the the beat specifically, like the actual backing track, was really good. And then the album art is really fun. Oh, it's really fun. Yeah, it's like super weird lo-fi cartoon art. Yeah, I show these niggas what I'm worth every day. I thank Jesus because it keep me blessed, man. Niggas get murked every day. My people that's gone because they made me strong, even though that they hurt every day. I told my mom I'm be somebody. Make sure tell me go to church every day. Making things work every day. I'm getting close to the food that's boosted flow. I'm waking everybody up that's boosted flow. And you ain't not, you just booty mo. And you ain't fly, you just Rufio. I'm in the backseat of a black Jeep from the classy. Dutton church, which for these niggas to trap me. Hey, act like the uh, song that I couldn't really get into, Folding Clothes by J. Cole. You didn't like that? No. Oh, I love that song so much. I don't know. I'm going to go back and listen to his album. I don't know anything about him either, but um, again, the beat for that song is great. And it's so nice to hear a song that's not just like, Here's misogynist lyric after misogynist lyric because that's nice. all we can say. Let's, let's go fold clothes together and yeah. drink some tea. <laughs> and I just love these, like, I never thought I would be drinking almond milk. Almond milk, that's and what it was, so yeah. it's so cute. I don't know. I love you know it. where almond milk doesn't come from? Cows. Cows. <laughs> uh, all right, and then a song that probably maybe has resonance for both of us because we both grew up around the same time, Gym Class Heroes, Close Off. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Patrick Stout. I did not know that that the lead singer Travis McCoy dated Katy Perry from kind of 06 to 08. Was it a big deal? <laughs> no, Excuse no, no, no. me. He just in the song he says, "Oh yeah, you don't know who kind I am." Kind of a big deal. <laughs> kind of a big deal. I don't believe you. Yeah. yeah, but apparently they dated, and then he he's on record as saying uh, that everything ended okay. I I wish her the best in her future endeavors, or basically something akin to she that. She got fired via email. Basically, <laughs> and then she just blew up. And he didn't. Yeah. So that was kind of a rough, because I'm sure it was a little bit opposite in yeah. 06, you know? Um, but what a throwback, right? What a weird song, yeah. And I, I never, definitely had heard that one a million times. I definitely heard that one, too. I did not care for them. I was just getting out of that as they were getting big. Yeah. And for me, Fall Out Boy was really the last of its kind. Academy is, and I would say that first Panic at the Disco. And really, 06, I was gone. Yeah. 05, 06. Yeah, that's really it. I mean, Academy is is maybe the only band after that I sort of stayed with. A Fall Out Boy fell by the wayside. Panic just became a different band yeah. I mean, after. I mean, I listened to Pretty Odd, but that was 08, I think, and that was it. No, gone. just the first one. I don't and care about it got me ones. thinking, too, Panic, we could have put Panic on here. Uh, lying is the most fun a girl can have with her clothes, with without taking her without clothes taking off. her clothes off. But then the next song is called "But It's More Fun When You Do," because yeah. they are Which clever. Which would have been perfect. I know that first record is it's good. Yes, good stuff. Yes. Uh, all right, sell so my clothes. I'm off to heaven by Saves the Day. Any save the saves the day head? Uh, no, I don't. I don't care. Okay. But I do, they do. The name of the band sounds familiar, and I definitely have. Yeah, you. Is Thursday sure you one of them? No. No, but they would know each other. I mean. It's, there a band called Sunday? Taking Back Sunday. That's the one. Yeah. No, <laughs> different different scenes. Okay. Uh, Saves the Day has been around for a while, actually. Like, their first big hit was in 1999. Through Being Cool, I'm sorry. 
-hmm. they almost called through being cool fucking classic masterpiece beautiful Mm -hmm. um super i mean the lyrics are insane It's so melodramatic, but so well written. It's so good, uh, and of course, being that age, you're just like, yeah, you broke my heart. <laughs> uh, but they've really turned into a pretty solid rock band, uh, and they've gone through all the stuff. You know, In Reverie was a pretty divisive album because it kind of did what a lot of bands do, which is here's a sound that you have, and now we're making a different sound, and people just didn't like it. And they've been changing throughout, and they still put out uh, Sound the Alarm was a record from maybe a couple years ago that was excellent. And they're still making albums, so um, good good on them. Uh, the next one I have is Profit. These are all the clothes again. Profit in Plain Clothes by Defeater. That song is two songs, and I'm it confuses me. And that song me. is great. That record is incredibly important to me. Why are the two songs? It. Well, it's not. It's one song together, but it just goes into an acoustic interlude. There's a couple of songs on that record that kind of do that, huh. which I fucking love, and they don't really do that anymore. Um, they're pretty straightforward in the kind of bone-crushing you know, hardcore sound. But that I really loved because he would play these songs and I don't know, they were just like vulnerable and I listened to it in 2011 and I had friends who were just dying like flies when I was out there before I left to drive west. And, you know, this album is great because it's, I mean, that song in particular too, I love this song, but it's just like, you know, if there is a God, I want to confront him and be like, why are you taking all my friends? Why are you fucking around here? Come on, what the hell's going on here? Um, and then another band that is near and dear to my heart, Gaslight Anthem, Blue Jeans and White T-Shirts. Yeah. I expanded beyond the word clothes, and I thought, what are clothes? <laughs> I got deep. What are clothes? I got deep. I got deep. So, yeah, this is from uh, Senor and the Queen EP, which was right before the 59 sound. Love it. Okay. I love I love the way that they sound. It's good. It's a sweet song. It's a very sweet song. And then finally, When Can I Change My Clothes by Buka White. Yeah, we talked about. And we've had Buka. Buka. Ooh, on our supplemental that hasn't come out yet. No, no but we've I, we've mentioned him before. We actually mentioned him in episode six because he's the one doing Parchment Farms, which is the, what brings us into um, Alan Lomax and mm, just okay. everything. So he is he's going to be a linchpin that I think we're going to keep seeing throughout. And he song's great. Every, everything he does is, is essential to what we're doing here. Do you think it's Buka or Bucca? It's actually Booker, so his name is Booker T. Washington oh. White, and he goes by Booker, but the way that it's said Booker. comes, yeah, and then everything after that is, yeah, just the way that it's put out, so. Remember there was a wrestler named Booker T? Yes. He spun on his head. He's cool. Sure. <laughs> I know he was in WCW, so whatever. <laughs> I have no, nothing to say about that. Uh, all right, so that was close. Let's go to lines. Lots of lines. Uh, first line, between the lines. Bonobo. That's right. What's up? So you recommended his new record a couple weeks ago? Yeah, and I think I put Bajka on another playlist we did. Sorry. Fair enough, fair enough. Between the lines, Bonobo. Yeah, it's good. Okay, yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> what a short conversation. Uh, lo- and then uh, I put on Long White Line by Sergio Simpson. Love it. Don't like it. Love it. Love Don't him. Don't like it. Love him. So you recommended Sergio Simpson a while ago. Yeah, this is like one of the first 
I, I would assume it'd be one of our first like forays into oh. recommendations that are outside of like the week's recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I tried to listen to it then ish. Mm-hmm. Did not like it. And then I listened to this because it was on the playlist multiple times. It's just, it's too country for me. It's that visceral, like, oh, this music's not for me, uh, thing. And I can't get over it. And I tried. But I can see. I can see that it has value. Yeah. It's not for me. That's fair. That's fair. It's like when I think about Sergio Simpson, it's so weird because I can't really, I don't place him in the country vortex because I don't listen to country. Yeah, it's like just kind of country turned a little on its head. And also the long white line, it can either be about traveling which is what I choose for a time. Or cocaine. About cocaine. There you go. Yeah, love it. So whatever you are into. I tried to put Walk the Line on here, but it was too mainstream for Daniel, apparently. <sighs> yeah, no. <laughs> it was the one that I I also, that was the first thing I was going to okay. go for. And it's like, there, Johnny Cash is going to be on, could be on every playlist. I know, yeah. And I think. We can't do that every week. We can't do it every That's week. That's right. Uh, all right. So then next one is going to be Lines by Big Boy, ASAP Rocky. ASAP Ferg is another ASAP. Uh-huh. It's also the ASAP crew. There's a thousand of them. Okay. Uh, and uh, and then Fanagram, who we yeah Fanagram some Fanagram stuff. Um, the great song. I really enjoy. It. I've never heard it in my life. Yeah, I've never either. But so this album um, is kind of I don't know if you ever listened to Timbaland's Sh- uh, Shock Value. Mm-hmm. It has that same kind of flavor. I listen. I just briefly kind of jumped around the songs. So it's Big Boy. It was Lots featuring other artists, and it's really cool. I think it's worth checking out. Fanagram's actually on like three or four tracks. Really? Who knew they were tight like Who that? Who knew? But um, it's a great voice. It's kind of a unique voice. Yeah, and also kind of fits in with the type of you know having her music being that's sort of electrical kind of a yeah serial kind of yeah synthy you know yeah. so it's like. It's natural. She's like, turn up that beat a little bit and get yeah. her singing. So, yeah, she's fantastic. And then Long Line of Cars, Cake. Yeah, Cake. Cake with like it's third. I could put Cake on every album. Well, that's good. See, I that's think we my should. whatever band that you always put on Cake's there. fine. Touche Amore? Touche Amore. Yeah. Well, they couldn't find their way on this one. <laughs> uh, although, they could have. I didn't put it on on purpose. Because I had restraint and you didn't. Yeah. So, what's, what is this song to you? Um, a great track. Literally, it's a great track. I fucking love Cake. And I think this is on Comfort Eagle, uh, which is... Possibly my favorite cake song, the song Comfort Eagle. Okay. It's amazing. We are building a religion. We're making a brand. We're the only ones to turn to when your castles turn to sand. Take a bite of this apple, Mr. Corporate Events. Take a walk to the jungle of cardboard shanties and tents. Some people drink Pepsi, some people drink Coco. The wacky morning DJ says democracy's a joke. He says, now do you? All cake always. Yeah. They're so easy to listen to. All their songs are great. That's something I've never dived into. Is cake. I should. It's great. I mean, I they they have a really good blend of an impressive blend, I should say, of like fucking trumpets and rock that isn't ska. Yeah. It can be done, well, and it sounds great. And I think I think a lot of the songs we've chosen so far kind of skirt the lines between 
the lines. You see what I did there? The lines between genres. Because even Sergil, I would say, does the same thing. Like, sticks. Eh, I'll try. I, I listen to Country Adjacent. I think I could get there with Sturgill. I think you could, too. Uh, the next one, from somebody who does not release albums a whole lot, D'Angelo, making his second appearance as well. Love me some yeah. D'Angelo. The line from Voodoo. Great. Yeah. It's a great track. Um, I don't really know what else to say about it. For, <laughs> it's a nice, nice little blend. Uh, tattered line of string, Postal Service. Yeah. We saw the Postal Service when they came back to life. I know. So Would I, you go and see them again? Hell yeah. Would you get another tattoo on your body of Postal Service? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> if they came out with a new record, one to ten, how stoked would you be? Pretty effing stoked. Although I realized I had heard this song before because they started playing this on the radio right when they went on that tour that we saw them on. Mm-hmm. Um mm. I have not actually listened to that double disc set that came out oh, for their yeah. their tenth uh, anniversary. This There's, was not on there, right? This was no, it was it was it was on the on, their, on the record, not the original. No, but, the, but on yeah, the, yeah, exactly. God, that's there right. There are four fucking songs that I've never, never heard. heard, and I'm like, I have their their lyrics tattooed on my body, and there yeah. are four songs from this band that's only ever released one, one album, album that I haven't heard. I'm like, I'm an asshole. <laughs> Well, I'm it's, gonna go listen to that. It's so weird because I actually didn't think about it till this moment. That is not on the official mm-hmm. release. It is on that deluxe edition, but I know the words to it. Yeah, uh, yeah during that time, they were definitely playing the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. I would definitely go see them again. For I would sure. like to see them not in the Moda Center. It would be nice smaller... to see them in a more intimate setting, but that's never going to happen, unfortunately. We could maybe try to book them here in a bunker. Oh, yeah. Because this is a small room. Like, Ben, other guy that I can't remember the name of, get over here. Let's yeah, do no it. no Death Cab songs, just Postal Service, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, although... Death Cab's fine. Uh, all right, next one, Elway, making like the fourth appearance. On <laughs> See, that's the band you got to look out for. That's sneaking through. Yep. There is a line. Straightforward. There is a line. <laughs> uh, fine Line by Paul McCartney. Yeah, that was... Low-key, this motherfucking ra- record is incredible. Oh, yeah? The chaos and Creation in the Backyard, so good. He plays all the instruments. That's just Paul what? playing that. That's wild. Summer of 2006. Borders. I was working at Borders as a barista. They played this song every 20 minutes. You were a barista? I was at Borders. That's a more long shocking time ago. than this Paul McCartney stuff. Yeah, it's terrible. That that was the soundtrack to Borders, right? And it's surprising that of all of the shitty things that they played, and you know, I, I was into Bob Dylan at that point, but I, I was not I knew the Beatles. I was not into the Beatles per se, as as big as I would be. In the coming years, I was a freshman in, in college at this point, summer job. And I went and I bought Chaos and Creation, a CD of it, along with Sufjan Stevens' Illinois. Oh, shit. And those two records I wore the fuck out of. And I still ride or die for Chaos and Creation in the backyard. I think it's one of Paul McCartney's best albums. Now, being the age I am, I've listened to everything. I think that's one of his, one of his best. Hmm. Uh, and Illinois, I think, is one of the best albums ever created in the history of the world. That's another story. <laughs> and then it also created, because I thought about Panic at the Disco before in the closed section, it got me thinking about when I was in college, my girlfriend and I, we basically were obsessed with what she would call the three Ps, which were Paul McCartney, <laughs> Propagandi, oh and Panic at the Disco, uh, which we would just rotate. Nice. I mean, and all three of them are so different. It's like, oh, yeah. oh what are you into today? All right, well, let's do that. Okay, well, now it's time for Paul. Now it's time for, you know, uh, Potemkin City Limits. So, yeah, and we'll be getting to Propagandi soon. So that got me thinking about that. Final line, down the line, Beach Fossils. That was good. I had never heard of them. Me either, but it's totally right up my alley. It's like gentle alt rock. 
Give me that gentle indie rock. I'll do that. Their uh, drummer, I, I was reading their Wikipedia page. He just uh, he he quit to oh. go live in China. As you do. That's kind of an epic move. That's trying to get away from people at that point. So that that's... was a nice discovery for me. Beach fossils. I'm stoked about that. Yeah, they got three records too. Which mm-hmm. yeah, and I actually replaced yours on the playlist with. Uh, down the line you you chose the single i chose the album version so oh. if you uh go back and you start to like tear up a little bit just it's okay <laughs> it's all right i only changed it because of that all right saga final saga let's roll through this quick the saga begins rakim yeah so i was conf- uh, rakim had heard it before but for some reason i was like raekwon no mm. that is not raekwon <laughs> no yeah. no rakim hugely influential for me growing up i was obsessed with eric b and rakim let the rhythm hit him was 19 i think it was 1990 obviously not when i was listening to it when i was three years old but when i was 10 you know like it was either i mean obviously like eminem and dre that was the thing that got me into hip-hop but just kind of like the way rock like blink 182 i kind of went the punk route i did the same thing with that i was like obsessed with like east coast early Mm. hip-hop and a lot of it obviously the public enemies the big ones but then Fucking Eric B. and Rakim, like, holy shit. And then he was, he's only released three albums. Supposedly there's a fourth one coming coming somewhere. Yeah, see, I got Wu-Tang Clan, and, but not not Rakim on this. Oh, and Nas, but. Yeah, those are all obviously yeah. on, there, on there too. But like, yeah, Rakim, I mean, this considered the greatest MC of all time. Huh? So the best, period. Actual even... lyrical content that's yeah. not just constantly denigrating women. Although that's that's in there, denigrating women. Sure. But... But yeah. not, that's not the only theme. That's true. And, and, <laughs> and even just like re-listening to like Paid in Full and, and even Let the Rhythm Hit Him, for like the, sim- the simple beats, you know, it doesn't have that lushness that we sort of oh, think of. So and it's not always good, the lushness, but sometimes it can be great. But for the simplistic simplicity of the beats, motherfuckers going crazy on it yeah. in a way that he's doing backflips over what you would think is coming. And something as, as satisfying to say is like Let the Rhythm Hit Him. I was listening to that before we went on air, and there are moments where he holds it back. He holds back from saying, let the rhythm hit him, and he turns the whole phrase on itself so that you're being hit by the rhythm. The rhythm's not hitting him, so you don't get to say it. Amazing. So, uh, Train Saga by Slightly Stupid. I've heard of them, but I don't know anything about They're them. They're like a worse Sublime. Like a lot worse Sublime. Yeah, it was... It not was, for me. Stone it was not for me, but you know, Their first fine. album was like pretty ska. The first two like ska and punk. I looked at the one. cover of the first one. Yeah, it's yep. definitely a guy mm-hmm. skanking. So, uh, all right. Then MF Grimm uh, had Saga, which was kind of a nice... I, I liked it just because it was a nice interlude. I kept yeah. it on there because it was a quick song. MF Grimm, I listened a lot to a lot of MF Doom. Uh, Grimm, I know, exists. American Hunger is a classic. The first three LP hip-hop album ever in 2006. Oh. There's like 50-something songs. Um, he was also, I don't, he was somehow injured, but he's like in a wheelchair f- permanently. MF Doom? Uh, MF Grimm. Oh. Yeah. So there's a whole world there. So because of because of American Hunger, I, there's so much to be played. So we will get more into that some other time. 
we were talking about the saga begins with Rakim. The saga also began with Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Great introduction. Great, great song. I'm pretty sure I sang most of that song at the beginning of one of our episodes. You once. did, and that's where it just goes right in the noggin, yeah. and it comes out in this uh, in this form right here. So. Not a lot to say. It's a uh, pretty much fuck watching the prequels and just listen, listen to that song. Just listen to that song. All you need. Uh, Basement Jacks, Santa Gold. Uh, so yeah, soccer. Basement Jacks is a um, electronic artist that I've heard here and there. That, um, I don't know. Electronic artists take a lot of songs and remix them, so you'll probably see Basement Jacks' name on the end of a remix of a song. But Santa Gold, you have no idea about her. No. Uh, she has three albums. Her third one came out, I think, late last year, early this year. Um, Great stuff. She yeah. had stuff all over the radio. Um, her biggest hit, which uh, of course I can't—I don't know the name of. Cause that's the game we play here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> insert. Oh, it's great. I can hear it in my head. Let's see if I can think of it first. I think it's one of those things where the name of the song is not in the song, so I'm never gonna guess it. So Santa Gold was all over the radio. The Daniel completely missed with her song uh, "Disparate Youth," which was off her second album, which is probably the most. I recognize one of her, but I don't know what you would call it. Uh, maybe you used the word power pop before as mm. a genre. I feel like it could be that. There's no guitars or anything. Yeah, then maybe not. Maybe some kind of quality like, to it. Pop, yeah, like, for the sake of bubblegum nothingness. There's definitely. I've been the using the, the word music. pop. I've been almost trying to take it back on this show. Yeah. In particular, by saying pop records and not meaning it in such a derogatory term. I'm when I say pop records, I'm not thinking of the Britney Spears of the world and shit like that. Which whatever, no, no, no shade. Dis- disposable music. Whatever. I'm, I'm not thinking of that. Yeah. I'm thinking of more music that's sort of reaching another sort of level. And that's not to say Britney. Man, I don't know Britney Spears is going to touch a nerve. Well, I just mean like people can listen to whatever. It doesn't no, say know, anything about them or or you. Right, but when it you or. say pop, but we're talking about if we want to use a a word, right. pop music has a connotation. Right. Yeah. And what do you think that connotation is? I mean, bubblegum. Right. Vapid. Not a lot to it. Produced by somebody else. You know, it's not an Written original. By else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. That's what I mean. And right. so when I'm thinking of a pop record, I'm thinking of something that's tapping into something larger that, you know, like Bob Dylan writes pop records. He hasn't had a number. I mean, he has number ones now, but he certainly wasn't a mega star, but he is a huge recording artist. You know, he, those are pop records. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe I'm using it a little no, too see, widely. Well, I got in a fight with an ex-girlfriend of mine, but it was like, yeah, but all this indie music's pop now. And she was like, that's not fucking true. Indie's a genre. And I was like, okay, genre. fair-ish, but like. If we're taking, I was just being an asshole, yeah. but pop is short for the word popular, meaning popular music. This shit fucking right now yeah. is popular. Yeah. Fight me. Yeah. And then we did, and I lost, and it's fine. <laughs> That's a good story. I would like to see that fight. Although you're not wrong. So, in fact, Semantics. Yeah. Semantics. That's true. <laughs> my That's friend. True. It was probably the way you fought that battle. Oh, that was yeah. the problem. All right, so let's finish this. Saga of Harrison Crap Feathers. Oh my God! What a beautiful song. Yeah, it's a pretty great song. I it's apparently a long. It's a song that's been around for a long time. I believe that. I mean, the it's so it's a three song album called Jazz Standards that this guy. Uh, well, Milos, Milos Foreman. I don't know if he's the one who did it. No, not originally. No. Not originally. No, yeah. No, 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 so yeah. this song's been around for a while. But yeah, all three of the songs that he played yeah. on that little EP. But it's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful it, is, it is beautiful. Um, California Saga. I did the Brian Wilson version. There is a. Beach Boys version mm. on Holland, the record. Um, I don't know. It's a nice little upbeat, little ditty. I enjoy Brian Wilson live. That dude's still rocking it. He's still, like, coming out with these crazy-ass ideas all these years later. So God bless Brian Wilson. Um, we'll definitely cover him if he ever drops another record. Um, Whiskey Saga by the Fratellis. Yeah. UK band. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know much about them. 
I didn't when I listened to it. I almost put this on here myself. Didn't really care for it. Yeah, wouldn't it's have added great. it. But it's kind of it's got that. It's like a nice little. None of the other songs sound like this, where it's that kind of garage rock British, whatever yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, the Fratellis I just put on there because Saga, but uh, their song yeah. Chelsea Dagger was all over the radio, and it's got like twenty eight million <laughs> listens no. on on Spotify. So was it like a couple years ago? It was a while ago. Yeah. A while ago. Okay. And the final one we have, just a little bit of pandering the band, um, <laughs> the saga of thing or a person a person or something i mean the song is like i'm going on the mountain and you know like it's like a weird mystical journey type of thing no couldn't couldn't find anything on it um yeah it um you know it's got danko singing which um you know he's obviously with dylan this week we did you know clothesline saga so you know there's the connection if you need it to be colored in <laughs> uh, but i find it interesting too because we talk a lot about bob dylan his contract negotiations and sort of making records to get out of contracts or to get a better deal on something. And this Islands, which was uh, the final record with the band, this is basically a B-sides record. It's kind of just stuff they culled from the floor that wouldn't have been on another uh, of their great records um, to fulfill their contract uh, with Capitol so that they could put out The Last Waltz, which is mm-hmm. um, you know their final show with all their people and also the movie with Scorsese. Um, on Warner Brothers on a better deal. So they basically just did this to get out of their deal and uh, and move on. Nice. So uh, I thought that was fun. And uh, the cover is absurd. It's like the beards, the faces of all of them. Just like you can't see anything about them except for like the outlines of their jaws. Hmm. And then like a picture of some random island. So it's almost like they're a cave. Like we're uh-huh. in a cave, but it's a cave of their beards oh my God. and then you're looking out into the islands cave of beards yeah it's weird i there's not a whole lot of redemption to a lot of the older band stuff but i think the song records i think for a b-sides album which we often kind of are throw away in this kind of culture where there's a lot of singles and stuff like that going on these songs are pretty solid they're not kind of just putting out shit the way bob dylan has in the past put out just complete nonsense garbage <laughs> this is at least kind of thought through and whatever take it for what what you will all right, so that is our playlist. Let's go on. Oh, I'm sorry. We have one more. Sports. A late contender. Uh, after some washing machine sounds, which <laughs> thanks for letting me know that they existed, uh, we get um, the future, which is sports. The washing machine. So let's go on to our uh, recommendations here. So, Kelly, last week you recommended, and we'll start here because I think this is a good place to start, uh, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Let's talk about Ad Violence, 
and let's talk about Nine Inch Nails in general. I didn't know much about them at all except for they existed. I want to fuck you like an animal. Mm-hmm. And Johnny Cash covered one of their songs that we just actually weirdly talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. What what were you thinking with this record when it came out? Because there's a lot of people talking about it, and I'm curious about your take. Uh, I like it. Sans, again, the last song, which, just background world, is the name of it. There's four minutes of an actual song in there, Act. but it's uh, 11 minutes long. Yeah. And it's so there's this repeating pattern right at the four-ish minute mark um, where there's three notes and then a, a hiccup. Like where it just stops and then the fourth note drops and you're like waiting for it, which is a cool trick. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, ah, I mean, ah, play this song, the sound I know you're going to play. Uh, but it's not cute or fun after six it's cool for, minutes. yeah, eight bars and then you kind of get to the next part of the song. Yeah, so it's that uh, little four note refrain thing getting more and more distorted for literally seven minutes until the point where it's uh, unlistenable and just feels like you're being attacked. And it's not great. But the rest of the album, <laughs> all the, the minutes before that are, are good. It's uh, I have a quote here from Gavin Miller of Drowned in Sound magazine. That says, it's a little light on substance, but what we do get is a really fascinating insight into where Reznor is at with Nine Inch Nails at the moment. And I think that's true. Uh, I saw a couple other reviews that were saying that uh, he's still our angst hero. He's still the the original (laughs) angster, but uh, he's a little more restrained. And I was like, that's cute that you think that he's still made an 11-minute song of garbage (laughs) because he can't help himself that much. But I kind of agree. Um, I've listened to Nine Inch Nails, I guess. Wow. Ooh, for like 17-ish years now. You could and, be doing a Nine Inch Nails podcast. Um, but I, I fell off. I, I really did. After The Fragile, which is my favorite record, and actually the title track of that record is probably my favorite song. I listened to it today, and I can see why. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's your favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, I could make an argument probably for some other ones, but that one's it always sticks in my mind. Um, and I didn't listen to really anything after The Fragile until Ghost came out because I didn't like Year Zero. I didn't like With Teeth. Uh, I didn't like anything that was really, I don't know. He just, it just didn't feel right. Danish Nails to me is this really great, evokes this really great sadness. Uh, I guess melancholy is the best way to, because to, to me the word melancholy means like sadness you're okay with. Like it feels so good to be so sad, which I know is a weird thing maybe, but I mean, especially because this music is perfect for being an angsty teenager. That's what it's almost like. It's gotta be made for Uh because you can't help it. You can't help but yeah. feel you have no reason to be mad. There's no reason for you to be this mad. Like, there are reasons, don't get me wrong, in the world at large to be mad. But well, it's like punk rock, too. It's like, yeah. you're so mad and I'm so mad and I just can't wait to, yeah. But sometimes he says really silly stuff. Like, oh, my God, his, from, uh, not the downward spiral, but uh, Pretty Hate Machine, there's a song where it's like, I was up above it. But now I'm down in it. Like, what even is that? There's just, like, such little, like, saying there's little substance is, is kind of apropos of almost all of his songs lyrically to a point. I, they resonate. But then there are some some gems. I mean, even, like, I think Hurt in particular oh, yeah. is, like, one of those trans. We've talked a lot. We've had a couple of Bob Dylan songs that sort of do that, too, where in the hands of somebody else, it can almost be a transcendental experience. Mm-hmm. Like, Johnny Cash singing Hurt. I mean, even his Hurt is great, but Johnny Cash doing Hurt is unbelievable it's so good yeah and that's the power of the song the song kind of gets away from you at that point whereas i think a lot of nine inch nails at least my perception of it as a very casual light listener probably heard some of this but don't really know 
to me, them, the Trent Reznor person and the songs are so wed together that I feel like beyond the haze, that which I have always associated with Nine Inch Nails, you could never get something out of it. And so to me, it was always a miracle that you got anything out of that for Hurt <laughs> because I just assumed that that version was just sc- screaming, which again, I love that type of music. I just didn't like the electronica, mm-hmm. weird industrial, whatever. I, I have no concept or basis to talk about electronic music at all because to me, it just sounds like beeps and bloops. And when this record started, I loved it. expecting and personally i like i like upbeat music in general uh the slow songs were were really good i thought everything except for the background music was or the background world uh was great i really enjoyed it i don't know how much time i would ever want to keep spending in the world but i'm really happy i did and if they release something say like next week i would totally listen to it cool for what it's worth yeah so we'll definitely do that but like less than was really great um and it was really upbeat. And Not Anymore was another one. I like The Lovers. One. The Lovers was the slow one. It had a couple moments where it sort of dipped in, which that's I really did like. My and favorite thing about Nine Inch Nails, actually, is that. And I think that's the difference between you and I, is that for me, I'm much more of a of a go, like, mm-hmm. let's move this song. Like, I want to feel not necessarily upbeat. I want your lyrics to hit me in a way that might bring me down, mm-hmm. but I don't want your music to bring me down as well oh yeah see that's where i, yeah, I know i want that <laughs> want like that. hit me with those minor chords until it gets uncomfortable yeah. and then screech sing at me because you can't really sing. Well, see and that's the difference between the fragile and we're in this together which mm-hmm. one after the other perfect the combo is a great one to punch mm-hmm. but it's also a perfect like this is uh, this would be a track that I, I mean we're in this together is a full banger oh yeah full it's stop. a great song full stop great song the fragile I don't know. It's great, but it's not. I wouldn't do it again, but I totally understand why you would, especially after one after the other. They fit perfectly. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing I I appreciate. I love artists that blend the music together, have the whole thing as a concept. Even his 11 minute at the end, you have to respect he's got balls to do it. He's been doing this forever. He doesn't have the fear that people are just going to be like, oh, I'll never listen to it again. That's a bullshit. You will definitely be back. And you, in a way, sickeningly want another one of those. So you can can bitch about it. Thank you. The one quote that I'll bring up, because I think I read, I believe I read a couple of reviews, but I think this is from Pitchfork. Uh, It says, I'm just going to read it to you, see how you respond. But quote, as the singer songwriter continues to wrestle with the same feelings of stasis, hopelessness and despair that that his lyrics have chronicled for nearly three decades. His heroes, David Bowie, Prince, contemporaries, Chris Cornell, and acolytes, Chester Bennington, are dying at an alarming rate. Yeah. I found that to be pretty poignant. It's, he's kind of still going. Even though all these people, I mean, Chester wouldn't be here without Nine Inch Nails. And that must be kind of a weird, weird thing to kind of still be soldiering on. Yeah, that's true. It's a a good, it's nice, it's nice for somebody 
was so into them and then completely just like stopped yeah. to come back and be like, this is still good. You're still here. You're and still I, here. I, like, you might have had stuff I didn't agree with or I don't know, because I've had that experience with so many other bands where I'm like, oh, you're still garbage. Good. Glad we checked <laughs> in. <laughs> you're still the worst. I loved you. I don't remember why. You were terrible. But yeah, it was cool. It was cool to check in with Trent. And, and see that he's, he's still going. He's still the same, uh, but which is older, okay. which is really nice. I mean, it's it feels good yeah. that people have a little bit of, uh, yeah, there's continuity. Yes. Maybe he's changed some obviously he has he's growing older he's what he is but he's not going to become a different person inherently so yeah. um yeah i think the the final thing that i'll use as just a segue into the next topic is in the background world i'm just going to quote his lyrics there is no moving past there is no better place there is no future point in time we will not get away but clothesline saga speaks to that there's no getting away but we try our best to. We go into our houses, we shut the door, we take everything with us inside. I think that there is a line to draw from Nine Inch Nails to Propagandi to Lady Olena all the way through. (laughs) Bringing it all together, big umbrella. So we'll go from Nine Inch Nails, a band that you love and care a lot about, to a band that I love and care deeply about, Propagandi. They released a new song called Victory Lap this week, new album is going to be out in September, so you're about to hear all the fuck about it on Mixed Up Confusion. Um, This song is fucking fire. Like everything they do, especially when they're releasing a new record, because it's not common, it's usually about five years in between every record that's been the standard now, Uh, 06, 09, 12, I guess three, and then they did five, so way to go, guys. Um, (laughs) the, The first sort of track that they put out there is really kind of like Bob Dylan too, the song that he works on first kind of sets the tone for everything. I think Victory Lap, just like Failed States before it, sets the tone. Wanna free my kid For the man on the steps I will rope side by my side And I hope lead into death I swear to Red Red I'll ask a feelings that invisible hell Say not all cops Say not all men Yeah, you insist it's only that it nor should you this is not every person every band you should not feel that way with so getting this listening to this well how did you feel i mean did you well, how do you feel about the song it yeah the musically not my jam uh yeah. lyrically i think it's great yeah i love it because there's echoes right off the bat of, of a song that they wrote called speculative fiction where we see the flames engulf the home of the brave there's a lot of imagery in their stuff about like a ruination of America. We obviously get a Donald Trump reference with as the wall. They said that could not that would make them great, could not be scaled. So right there, I'm already I'm on edge right now. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going. So uh, the wall is not going to make America great. For me, the utter perfection of um, the line that's when the free market fundamentalist steps on a roadside bomb outside Kandahar, bleeding to death. I swear to Ayn Rand, I will ask if he needs an invisible hand. I think that's fucking great. Yeah. I think some free market fundamentalists 
being transported to fucking Afghanistan and being the one to take those bombs that they propose so vehemently, and I mean take in as in it blows them to pieces, um, is funny. And having having the invisible hand that they so rely on from Adam Smith uh, offering them help is hilarious. And I think that they deal with that in, a, in probably my favorite propaganda song of all time called Iteration, where a judge sentences the people who make landmines to go out and pick them up themselves. And everybody who has been affected by landmines is at this trial in this story, in this song. And they are elated that justice has actually been served. My favorite part is at the very end, when the day the rapture came, a a forgettable event, the clouds, they opened up and not a single person went. I love that. that. That really, the rapture could have come last week but we wouldn't know it because we're all <laughs> fucking terrible. So we're all fucking here. Yeah. The thing that I think draws them both together is I think that Tread Reznor, those lyrics are incredibly bleak. These are bleak. You know, these are bleak times that they're uh, talking about here. But the, the thing that keeps me going with Propagandi, where other punk bands in particular don't often get this lyrically deep, is that a lot of what Propagandi talk about are like enjoying simple things in life. Like even talking about this whole damn beautiful life. Like, you like the, even the word beautiful is something that you don't often utter because everything is so dark, everything is so dirty and dingy. And we're talking about wasting energy, talent, freedom on life. These are people who don't live a life. These are people who, you know, they say not all cops, they say not all men when things go bad and they always blame, you know, everyone else except for them and they have no interest in learning anything. And when you have no interest in learning anything, you have no interest in changing the world. And I think Trent Reznor in particular, I know his politics. I know where he's coming from. And I think he would 100% agree as well. Oh, yeah. That this world is fucked because people aren't trying anything new. And so all these people that believe that they're going to be saved by their complete inaction, someone like, you know, Chris Hanna and Propagandi is sitting back laughing because they did try to save you. You could have saved yourself, but instead we laugh because you have nothing. So I think that's, uh, that's apropos, and I think it fits in perfectly with – with what we're talking about. Yeah. All right. And then my last, uh, my last thing uh, that I'll bring up actually, before I do one, let's do one of yours to go from propaganda. Uh, I'm going to segue right into mood print and oh, yellow yeah. straps. So you put this song on there. I remember when I was editing it, I was like, Oh, you said that you were adding a song and this is the song. And then I put it on and it's just so <laughs> ethereal. I'm just like, ah, you know, victory lap back on. Let's like, yeah. I just need to kind of disappear. And it's funny because I should be able to disappear in that, but that kind of makes me more anxious than yeah. sort of fast, hard rock. So what I, I want to know, I thought it was just going to be a, a instrumental, but there are lyrics, not a lot. They kind of repeat the same thing over and over again. What does this do to you? What is this to you? <laughs> so it's just one song, Landscapes, um, yeah. and it's by two different groups, Blueprint, um, which uh, I listen to some of their stuff, and it's all ambient. That they they're wordless. It's all ambient stuff. And then mm. Yellow Straps is uh, an actual group, but the, that's the lyricist. That's the person that's singing on this. Nice. Okay. Um, and their stuff's a little more, uh, I don't know, aesthetically pleasing to me. But yeah, so this song. I don't know. I this song just makes me so it's transportive. That's the only way I can describe it. Like I listen to shit like this, and I'm just I'm in another world, and it's a better, softer, gentler world. I tried world. to close <laughs> just, my it's eyes. So good. On the cover is like a like a mountain. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm, I'm on a mountain. I closed my eyes. I just couldn't go to the mountain, and I know I, maybe that takes practice, but it I don't know. It's 
I, I, I get what you're saying. I don't know if I'm going somewhere, like, I'm not picturing any place I am. It's I just tried, I guess. Something takes over my body. Okay. It's a weird thing. That's nice. That it's almost like really a physical cool. experience. I do know what you're describing. Yeah. Like, that does not do it. This style of music. I, like, made a playlist just because of this song. I was like, do your best, person, me, to find things that are this, because this is it. This is, like, I don't know if anybody's like, what what do you listen to? I'd be like, this. (laughs) I like this. I look outside and then I watch the sky burn. The lights are red, I touch the ground again Like I was blind, I search a place where I can hide I throw the land, skips in my mind This is the way, this is the day, this is the way I mean, like a lot of other stuff too yeah. And I mean, Nine Shales is a part of that Like, it's all Yeah I love that. That's good. That's this good. is the song. Like, if I take everything that I like, put it in here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, I wish that... But I wish they would collaborate and make all the songs because <laughs> I only have this one. And I'm just going to try my hardest to uh, find more of it. There's another um, a song called Bloodstream by a band Stateless that gives me this same feeling. It's just, like, sad, but I don't know. It just floating you just it's like this weird in body floating experience that i can't really that's amazing put to words so that that's that's right. put that well, on that's there because cool. well, made me think about being sad and happy and i was like oh yeah there's that one song oh that song's the that best, song's the best. <laughs> well we learned a lot about you yeah. in that moment that's great i mean that's what music's supposed to do yeah. that did not do that for me that's but it might do that for you out there as well. But so. propaganda will do that for you. Propaganda <laughs> does do, it takes me to a to another dimension. Yeah. It absolutely does. All right, and finally, I'll go back to one more for me. Um, we're going to talk about Nicole Atkins. Yeah, I love Nicole Atkins. I've been listening to her since Neptune City, uh, twenty fourteen, I believe. She came up with Slow Phaser, which was low key like one of my favorite records of that year. I, I think that this would have passed me by if it weren't for the cover art, mm. if it weren't for the instant aesthetic. Like, this is a record that you would, A, possibly find in your parents' collection hidden somewhere deep, or literally just something I want to hold and look at. Yeah, Like, like her with the big headphones. It is, yeah. And I think that, like, that 60s R&B, soul, funk stuff, like, all of that is absolutely, like, what she's channeling. And, uh, you know, reading reviews and stuff, she's like, that's my favorite music. That's all my music. That's everything I listen to. That's, like, bliss for me. Like, I love new new music. She's like, I'm thankful I'm not, like, a grumpy old person. But if I had my way, I would be stuck in, like, 62 Motown. Like, that's it. That's... She also referred to herself really quickly as Soul Meets Fraggle Rock. It's kind of great. Uh, and apparently I also learned that Rhonda Lee, her record's called Goodnight Rhonda Lee. And Rhonda Lee is her alter ego, her drunk alter ego. Amazingly, when I listened to this record, uh, having heard her before, I was already kind of excited. But the first time I listened to it and we got down to the second song, Darkness Falls So Quiet, that bass line hooked me, and then I was just all in. I was goosebumps all over. I was feeling great. Next song, listen up. Holy shit. When life got real, when life got real, I didn't know if I could handle it. Too many opinions. I don't want to listen. Back then, my brain and body holds on to every memory. I need your help. So please, 
the end of it all, I learned that she recorded the whole thing live, live in a room. Now, apparently that's a hipster thing to do. People are doing that now. Bob Dylan, A, has always done that. Let's, like, <laughs> bring that all back home. That's how he records. That's how he's wanted to record. He's definitely overdubbed before he's been talked into that. But if if he had a choice, it would always be live. And he's currently, that's how he records his albums right now. In the 1980s, he had a fuck of a time trying to find somewhere that had this. And the article that I read about her is that they even name drop where she recorded it at in this random article, implying that this is a rare place to go if you want to record like this high of quality in a live room. Because I guess now you just go and sit in someone's weird, dark nothing and play a guitar by yourself right. and then overdub everything after. I mean, I've that's how I you know, have recorded before as well. I mean, I've played live on a shitty microphone, but I've also recorded the guitars first and my vocals second. And it's a weird feeling, but you don't think twice about it because that's how you see it being made. You never think, oh, there's a live experience to be had. So I think part of my love for this is just that it's live. And I didn't actually know that right off the bat, but I think it absolutely comes through. So if you're into that kind of stuff. And then we got into talking about live music and putting it down. And there was an interesting thing I saw about Sgt. Pepper because it just turned 50 is that somebody noted that it was that they were in maybe it was in Clinton Highland's book I kind of don't remember because I've been reading a lot but uh, that they were in the studio for 127 hours for that one album for Sgt. Pepper the work on it and you're supposed to be like oh shit like that's a long time obviously putting it putting in lots of work well in Highland's book about Bob Dylan and his recording patterns uh, he notes that from 1962 to 1976 with Desire Bob Dylan had recorded all those albums and all of the outtakes that and all the bootlegs everything everything he'd ever recorded was under 75 hours total total in 14 years and we're not even at 127 i mean god he probably made it well into the 80s before he went over that 127 and obviously the beatles didn't do that again i mean they went in and you know right after that was you know the white album and they just moved on rock and roll wise so that's definitely an outlier for them i mean they didn't take a thousand years to cut it revolver you know they went in and got it done i think live music recording live like that is a real testament to the musicianship of the people playing it because that's not easy to do and you can't hide there's nowhere to hide when you're playing live like that like you when you can go back and overdub stuff you have opportunity to correct things and and tweak exactly what you want to get exactly the sound you want when you're playing it live you just got to do it right my friend it's true do as many takes as you need i suppose but like there's no Slide that note note over in in FL Studio. There's no change in it. Mm. And that's what people noted too with Dylan uh, is that you know he he demanded a level of perfection and had that low boredom tolerance where he wouldn't do a lot of takes. Yeah, um, that's crazy. So, I mean, super talented people. That's, yeah, but but there were singers that were on some of his records that were confounded by that because they had been with artists in the fifties you know, 40s, 50s, even the end of the 60s, that would do the live takes because it was all about the live. But they would do dozens, if not 50, 60 takes of the same song to get the right version. Yeah. And they would do it over and over. And I think, again, if you had somebody who loved the studio, if Dylan was a studio head, those records could... Pr- I, I, I deign to think what could have possibly happened. I don't think Bob Dylan would be Bob Dylan if he was a studio head, you know, because we wouldn't get the spontaneity and sort of the choices that he chooses to put onto the records. Yeah. But, but I think some people are just like Bob, just one more fucking take and you could have got it. Oh my god, <laughs> you, why do you let this gem go? Like yeah. that's the weird stuff that you. But you kind of have to let it go. You have to let it go on the floor. So, True. all right. So this is the end of uh, mixed up confusion. 
We will catch you again on actually uh, Game of Thrones is coming up uh, on tomorrow on Friday. So please check that out if you're a Game of Thrones fan. Uh, if not, Monday we are going to be talking. Man gave names to all the animals. That's right. If you want to learn about animals, we are going to have special guest Jack Hanna Barbera. Jack. Sure. Jack Barbera. Just Hanna. Jack. Just Jack Hanna. Jack Hanna. That's just his name. Not Hanna Barbera. He's not <laughs> here. Jack weird, Hanna. Like Jeopardy smash thing. Yeah, potpourri. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have Jack Hanna on the show to show us animals. That's wonderful. It's gonna be. That's so exciting. It's gonna be shocking. Yeah. We. It's gonna happen. So we'll see you next week. Uh, goodbye. Good night. Goodbye.